0: Hi, we're Ryan and Zach, and we did two other podcasts before this. We did the Complete Guide to Koholand, where we did every single square of Link's Awakening map. Right. And we did, don't talk yet, and we did The Hero's Path, where Zach played Breath of the Wild, and he tried to play, like, the whole thing, and we talked about it.
1: I did play the whole thing.
0: Oh, that's right. You know what? I keep forgetting that you actually did 100% that game. Yep. Because you seem like a basically reasonable person to me. And so (laughs) whenever I think about the things you've done in your life, I think about you doing basically reasonable, not like self-destructive things. And yet there is a powerful counterexample to my conception of you. And it's you, one hundred percented Breath of the Wild.
1: That is true. That is a mistake I made.
0: But we're so, not going to talk um, about that. No. See, my favorite Zelda, unless it's linked to the no, unless it's Link's Awakening, is Majora's Mask. Zelda Six. Is that what it is? Zelda Gaiden. Yes. Um and. We were talking all along about doing other Zelda podcasts, and a few of them, or like maybe just Wind Waker, seem like better fits for our approach of like talk about the whole game step by step, but the game I really want to talk about is Majora's Mask.
1: Yeah, and I, I well, I was- kind You can of, talk now. Uh, thank you for allowing me to talk on my podcast. Uh, I was excited because I had only played Majora's Mask, like, to completion one time, and it wasn't, it was a game that I played a little bit when it first came out on, like, my brother's copy of the game. You know how that works when you are kids, and it's like, you know, that's not my, that's that's his It's game.
0: not really your game, so you can't game. expect to play it whenever you want. That's right. Yeah.
1: So I only ever played it a little bit when it was contemporary, and then I played it 10 or 12 years ago myself, uh, and I haven't really touched it since. I also haven't played, until now, the 3DS version, of the Majora's Mask 3D. Uh,
0: yes, which is different in a lot of interesting ways. I've noticed. Uh, it's... I
1: I compared to some other well compared to ocarina of time 3d which i get the impression there were a lot fewer changes they took a lot more
0: a oh lot, that's interesting yeah. a lot more
1: hands-on approach to like really changing certain things in majora's Mask 3d in a way that'll be fun to compare
0: um yes we'll have a lot to say about that it's good that you bring up um ocarina of time because we have no plans to ever do an ocarina of time podcast yeah i it would be pointless I
1: don't think it'd be pointless, just we're already going to be spending a lot of this podcast probably talking about Ocarina of Time, considering how tied together the two N64 yeah. Zelda games are.
0: Yeah. Um, there's there's so
1: much DNA that is shared between the two games that will end up inviting a lot of comparisons here. and Which is don't... good,
0: because I don't want to do
1: an ocarina of time podcast it would just be me espousing how cool the forest and i'd be like yeah it is very cool
0: (laughs) the forest temple is very cool (laughs) we're
1: not here to talk about the forest temple uh yeah it's it, it would be hard ocarina of time is a game that is such a foundational text of gaming right that there's not a ton to say that hasn't been said about it
0: and it's very generic in a way it appeals to everybody and i'm not this isn't like a slam on it but um it appeals to everybody partly because it's like i don't know if it was at the time or if it became the baseline of adventure video game run around fight a monster well it established a lot of just like the actual
1: in the same way that mario 64 established a lot of how 3d games work so did ocarina of time
0: I guess we're doing a podcast about Ocarina pressing of Time now.
1: Pressing the left button to lock onto somebody to move around them. That was Ocarina of Time. Yes. And that's, like, such a critical thing to, like, the subsequent decades of gaming that it's, like, <laughs> weird to think about. But um, other than that, other
0: than that. The 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 thing is, I think that, like, just in terms of tone and setting, though, um, Ocarina of Time is a fairly generic adventure, And so it appeals to everyone and it's many people's favorite game. And sure, that's good. Um, But what Majora's Mask has a really unique or at least novel tone and setting um, and is because it's being unique and like there's a better word for this. Because of how unique it is, I think it's a lot of people's favorite game on, like, a personal level, because there is a certain, like, emotional component to the game that other Zelda games maybe don't have.
1: The game has Uh, a character.
0: It has a character. It has a mood. Yeah. And so I think it's many people's favorite game, and, like, they feel a personal connection to this game because of how specific that thing like if you were 13 when this game came out then this game kind of told you exactly what it was like to be 13
1: hmm maybe maybe yeah majora's mask the podcast yes did we say the name of the podcast
0: oh we're calling this one the complete guide to termina because we want to talk about everything in the game, but not really in a structured, ordered way.
1: Well, kind of. We'll probably kind of go through chunk by chunk. Guess, yeah,
0: not like, um, you know, like go through each map tile method. We had a, a an idea to do it as the bomber's notebook. Right, but that was... But we decided not to do that. That doesn't...
1: I wanted that to work, but it doesn't really yeah. work because of how well interconnected to the cast is with each other
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: and then you'd end up with a lot of weird orphaned things to talk about it's just much better to just go through termina as a physical space and talk about it in that way i think
0: yeah um but before we get there we have to talk about before we get to termina
1: we got to talk about turning the video game on
0: oh right okay so turn on the video game what do you see
1: well there's a like a shot of the Majora mask and the mask man. And we'll talk to them, talk to them, talk about them extensively. But then we get the cool, like, title screen where instead of a epic shot of Link on horseback, it's just Link hanging out in Clocktown.
0: Town. And if I'm correct, it doesn't start out with an image of Link, does it?
1: Well, no, it does the... The shot of the mask and the 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 happy mask but, man. But then it's like a shot of Clock Town and Link is just in the scene.
0: Okay. Um because the way you phrased that it made me think the focus in the Ocarina of Time attract mode is like guy on horse. That guy, that's the hero. Yeah. Okay. And the attract mode in Majora's mask Really sets link up as just a small part of Clocktown, which is a big area yeah, um he's, he's small and the world is the focus yeah,
1: he is in this city that has things going on and he is like a part of it, but he's not the focus of it necessarily
0: right it's he's cool. there's a lot of I remember one shot of him just sitting on the bench. At the Stockpot Inn, and I think Anju is talking to the Goron in the foreground, and the idea of here's a game where you're just going to sit on a bench while someone <laughs> talks to the receptionist at a hotel, um, it's it's really getting across what's unique about Majora's Mask, part of what's unique about Majora's Mask, very effectively right away, um, and the mu- music is really cool. You have the Clock Town music, um, which, after a while, after we've seen Link do boring stuff for long enough, it turns into some creepy music.
1: Yeah, and there's a panning, panning shot that goes up
0: the Clock Tower to show the big old angry moon. There is a big angry moon in this game, and it's gonna creep you out. Um, <laughs> we'll have to talk about the moon later um i when i'm thinking about this game i barely think about the moon right there's so much other stuff going on that like i know that that's like the emblem of the game is moon with scary face but um for me the the stuff that's worth obsessing over in this game isn't even the moon well the moon is like explicitly
1: a background element Like, literally a background element in the background of while you're doing all this other stuff, you'll be doing something and happen to look up and be like, oh, right, moon. Yeah. It's a very effective metaphor. It is. There's a B-side to the attract mode screen that shows a couple different scenes, mostly centered around the ranch area. This is so wild. And then there's, like, some shots of the Gerudo Fortress.
0: Is there a B-side to the attract mode in Ocarina of Time? No. Okay. This is a weird addition. To be like, also... And is Link hanging around in these other shots? Yes. Not... Okay. I don't think all of them, but... Okay. At least in the ranch he is.
1: And there's also a shot of the, um... The graveyard, but then it cuts back to that same shot of the moon. It's all timed out. Um, it's all timed. The, the scene transitions are all timed out the same way. But I see it. It merited mention. That's really cool. After that, you press the button to start, and you are presented with three save files on the 3DS version, <laughs> which was novel to me because the N64 only
0: allowed for two save files. And am I right that the Japanese version did have three, or like Japanese 1.0, had three save files, but to make it possible to save at an owl statue, the English version had to cut out one of the save files so there would be enough room for the owl statue saving function? I I could see that being the case. That makes sense. I think that's what I read. Anyway, who cares? Who cares? Um, we got to write in, this type game. in your name.
1: Cal Pen.
0: With a space? Yeah. Because did it's you eight know, char- it's eight characters, so it fits perfectly. Did you know that Cal Pen is actually named after his two favorite states? That's not true. Is so it? So what happens when you start the game?
1: You get a uh, a text that is displayed. I was going to say it 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 uh, <laughs> I was gonna say it talks to you, but it doesn't talk to you. There's no voice acting in this game.
0: There is a little bit of voice acting in this game, but um, the text is about how it, it says in very vague terms how a hero, Link, after he did his great adventure, Ocarina of Time, went off in search of his friend. Question mark. Question mark. Question mark who went missing and then there's like the noise of navi from ocarina of time like the fairy appearing noise yeah so you're led to understand that the not the plot of this game but the setup for this game is that link and navi got separated somehow and now he's going out to look for her
1: well and we in the ending of ocarina of time navi leaves
0: Oh, I forgot that. Okay. Yeah, it's
1: the, the the one of the final things that happens is Link gets put back to young kid times and Navi just flies away. So this is a continuation of that.
0: I haven't beaten Ocarina of Time enough times.
1: When's the last time I beat Ocarina of Time? I think I played it randomizer last year.
0: That doesn't count.
1: That extremely In the counts.
0: randomizer, Navi leaves in the middle. I don't think that's true. you only get Navi after you get the hook shot. Oh, Lord. So. No, but now
1: there, I did want to bring up that I have a very distinct memory of like long forum arguments about the identity of who Link is looking for. Yeah, yeah. Which are really funny in retrospect playing the game now where you and I immediately identified this as, oh, no, he's looking for Navi. Yeah, yeah. But. Because of you – know, in in 20-some episodes, we'll get to the ending, but because of the ending, how you, like, become friends with Skull Kid and talk about that, a lot of people identified the person Link was looking at as Skull Kid, or looking for as Skull Kid. Yeah. And
0: I see why you would reach that conclusion – as, well, and it's not it's not made very explicit, except the the it, Navi sound effect.
1: No, this. I I think looking at it with a fresh set of eyes, as in a as somebody much older. Uh, no, they clearly were going for Navi, but also, if you were looking at the game as a whole, as someone younger, and trying to ascribe meaning to the ending, you might backwrite that and be like, oh no, well clearly this is what it meant all along.
0: Yes, the what what the upshot of this um introductory text doesn't pay off in a really strong yeah, straightforward way. You don't find
1: Navi in this game, and maybe that's yes. why people were reaching for a better conclusion.
0: Yeah. Um but the idea that Link is looking for Navi in this game makes the relationship with tattle a lot stronger and more interesting um and tattle ends up being a a very like a big character um an interesting character in a way that navi maybe wasn't yep and uh so that emotional setup because like when does link get to have emotions Uh, very rarely mm-hmm. especially in this era of games and so you're able to infer a lot of emotion on link's part because of this text that really informs how you think of how like how he would feel when he starts interacting with Tattle.
1: Mm. Uh, then we get things happening on screen finally
0: oh then there's like a you get to play a game
1: Well, not quite, because first uh, you get Link (sighs) riding Epona through a forest. Oh, yeah.
0: And this is... It looks like young Link, but young Link can ride a horse, so he's not so young anymore. He's leveled up. He gets horse powers. I would like to call this Tween Link, but to distinguish him from young Link in Ocarina of Time, but... Young Link in Smash is clearly this Link, so we have to call him Young Link.
1: Young Link in Smash is Ocarina of Time Link,
0: because he's got the wooden shield. Doesn't he have the, uh... Oh, but he does have fire arrows. Majora's Mask, he has a fire arrows, he has a Majora's Mask, um, hookshot, doesn't he? <gasps> I don't know. And his home stage is Great Bay. His oh, his home stage, stage
1: is Great stage Bay. Bay. Actually, yeah, you're right, huh? Okay, never mind.
0: <laughs> um... He just has the wooden shield in Smash because it's more maneuverable.
1: Yeah, he needs that to get advantage when fighting
0: Game & Watch. Bayonetta. Bayonetta. (laughs) So, um, he's riding a horse. Some spooky people are watching him. The spooky people are... The spooky guy's two fairies spook the horse. Epona rears back, throwing Link off. Uh, Link falls on the floor... And, uh, what happens?
1: The, uh, weirdo guy, I think, does he drop, he drops the Ocarina of Time, or does he, no, he takes the Ocarina of Time off Passed Out Link, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And, he starts, there, it's, it's like a cutscene that it will play out, and then it'll stop at a dialogue box, and so you get the really fun thing where...
0: If you uh, don't advance the text, it will loop an animation forever.
1: Exactly. And... He'll sit there and just blow a note on the ocarina and then laugh to himself, and then blow an ocarina, a note on the ocarina and laugh to himself, and you can just let it sit there, and it's very delightful.
0: And this spooky person is Skull Kid. It's Skull Kid. The infamous kid of a skull, but his face isn't a skull, and now that I think of it, I don't know why they're called Skull Kid, but um, this guy is wearing a mask, a Majora's mask. We've seen that mask before in the title screen yeah so it must be important and uh link slowly like wakes up and skull kid notices that he's like link is revived and he does this awesome animation where he looks down at the ocarina in his hand and then tries to hide it behind his back and (laughs) like for the nintendo 64 era i think this bit of animation is uh really impressive I agree. And, um, it's excellent uh, character building through mannerisms.
1: It's fun looking at these cutscenes, especially this opening cutscene that you gotta figure they spent a lot of time like meticulously making because it's the first thing in the game. Yeah, yeah. And how much better it looks compared to the Ocarina of time cutscenes like in terms
0: so, of animation.
1: In terms of animation and just like scene blocking.
0: Mm, ocarina of time
1: cutscenes are usually very utilitarian they're laid out in
0: except for a really flat way really
1: flat yeah except for a couple yes oh except for a couple weird ones where they'll do like a first person view as chic and stuff like that where they were having fun with it Mm. this leans way more into having fun with the blocking of the scenes
0: yeah it's it's much more cinematic or filmic um i remember in ocarina of time a lot of Like, what passes for mannerisms are just someone holding their hands together and nodding. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But here, uh, Skull Kid tries to hide the thing. He acts sheepish. Uh, Skull Kid is going to be a very um, imposing villain, but he is impish and like a trickster figure in a way that... Zelda villains usually aren't. And he, uh, as Link lunges at him, tries to get the Ocarina back, Skull Kid leaps out of the way onto Ipona, and, you know, yaws Ipona forward. So Link has to, <laughs> uh, grab onto Skull Kid's leg and get dragged behind his own horse. Yeah. Which is humiliating as well as painful. Um,. And Skull Kid rides Epona and, like, goes off a jump into a spooky forest area where Link is thrown to the side. And now you get to control Link, right?
1: Yep. And okay. you get this little, this, like, inter, what do you want to even call this? It's not even, like, a gameplay area. It's just, like, a
0: room for you to get used to moving around. Yeah, yeah. I Like, calling it the tutorial area... Is maybe not very precise, but that's kind of what's going on here. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, um there's. You a, can run around. You, you can run around.
1: You can swing your sword. You can. Uh, just get used to controlling Link. There's in the second clearing that you go to. There are like stump, no mushrooms. There are mushrooms you jump between. I think some of them are stumps. They are stumps and mushrooms that you can jump between. I had to look. <laughs> and this is where I noticed the first actual, like, fundamental gameplay change. In that. Oh,
0: and what is that?
1: The jumping. So, Ocarina of Time settled on a jump mechanic where if you run to the edge of a platform, you do an automatic jump. And majora's mask retains that but adds the element that if you roll off an edge you increase your jump distance
0: which i did not know that and have never used that in this when playing this game but it is a kind thing. of a subtle little thing
1: it is a thing and sometimes it's useful sometimes it's hind- it actually hinders you there's a couple spots on some later game challenges that uh you really have to take those. You have to take the jump slower, which is unintuitive, but. Interesting.
0: Okay. Um, so the other thing I noticed about the jumps is that Link does cool, like, flips and cartwheels in the air when you jump with him. They, they were having some fun with the animations in this game. Yes. And um, this is another way to establish that although this looks like Young Link from Ocarina of Time. He is a lot more adept at adventuring. Um, He has leveled up not only his horse skill, but his acrobatic skill. He also has... Oh, yeah. Go ahead. ahead. His shield-using skill, because he has... It is not really the Hylian shield, and maybe it's slightly lighter than the Hylian shield, so he can do this, but he can wield a metal shield in a way that Youngling and Ocarina of Time could not.
1: Yep. He's leveled up his his combat powers.
0: Um and when you're swinging your sword, you might try to cut down some bushes. I don't know why you're not going right after a skull kid, but if you get distracted, you can cut some bushes and the bushes will start like running away from you to avoid being chopped up. And this is a sign that you're in a weird place, Link. Calipen. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it signifies that something is different here. And um, like when I used to really obsess over, uh, we talked about this briefly on one of the um, uh, Complete Guide to Coholent episodes, I think. Um, Like, where is Termina in relation to Hyrule? Like, at what point during this introductory sequence do you pass into Termina? And I used to look for a distinct, like, boundary line. But what I've discovered on viewing this over and over again and, like, analyzing it is that they're not interested in drawing a distinct line. What they're interested in doing is having a series of transitions that are not, like, delineating anything but just making you more and more disoriented to establish that termina is a very very different place but not different in any specific way
1: yeah there are maybe three or four different spots where you could say that's the transition that's the transition but at no point are you jumping through a painting to enter termina or clicking on a portal to enter termina it's just a weird transition that takes place over the next couple rooms
0: yeah um and uh it's important that you bring up the mushrooms because i think the mushrooms are partly there to evoke um alice in wonderland and yeah. uh they're they're trying to create the sense that termina is a topsy turvy wonderland sort of place um i think that actually the 3DS version brightens up the mushrooms Um, to make them look more like cartoon Alice in Wonderland mushrooms. And uh, you climb onto a big mushroom, and you go through a doorway in a tree, which is pretty standard Zelda stuff. But inside the doorway, there's not like a cool dungeon or anything. There's just a sheer drop-off through the trunk of this huge tree. And you fall, like Alice, down into an abyss, and a bunch of images of masks float up past the camera in a very, like, impressionistic... Like, Link is not seeing all these masks. This is purely for the player's benefit to say, oh, we're going into a weird place. Alice in Wonderland. And then you land. And then
1: you get another cutscene.
0: Um, yes. Majora... uh, Sorry, yeah, his name is Majora. No. Uh, Skull Kid is there, (laughs) and... um, Majora. Um... He is, like, doing his cool thing, I think he does this elsewhere in the game, of, like, reclining on his side, but floating in midair, you know? Yeah. Um, He has turned from the uh, goofy trickster villain into the really malevolent spooky villain, who says, Your horse doesn't listen to a word that's said to it, so I took care of it for you, and implies that he murdered your horse. Um, and Link gets shocked, because Link has emotions. And, um, uh, what did, why does he decide to put a curse on you? I don't remember his exact line here. I
1: don't remember the exact line either. I don't know that there's much of a reason for it, other than being now an evil creature instead of being
0: a prankster in the woods. Um... Stand by for me to look in the text dump. Hmm. What's? It doesn't listen to a word that said to it. Hey, I quoted that correctly. Um, Oh, yeah, he doesn't say anything. Um, If this uh, text dump is in order, it just jumps right from. There's no point in writing a thing like that. So I did you a favor and got rid of it. I guess then like Link rushes toward Skull Kid in an effort to like visit violence upon him, but Skull Kid just does a curse. He shakes Majora's mask around, and um, you have a trippy acid sequence. Link yeah, he- has a hallucination where he is mobbed by Deku scrubs, and then there's a giant Deku scrub that's chasing him through a nightmare scape. And when Link awakens from this nightmare, he is a Deku scrub. And you have the very filmic thing of he looks down in the puddle below him and uh, he sees his reflection. He's changed. He's become a monster. And he screams in a Deku, you know, high-pitched squeal. Um, And Skull Kid says, hee hee, now that's a good look for you. You'll stay here looking that way forever. And he just like, ditches you
1: he races out of the or floats out of the room
0: um i want to point out that um one of the not big but f- uh, very meaningful for me changes in the 3ds version is when you cut to the wide shot of skull kid regarding you in your new deku link form uh, skull kid is standing in a spotlight. Um, that doesn't really, it's, I mean, it, uh, the idea of there being a spotlight is interesting for reasons that you might get into later. Um, but in the Nintendo 64 version on the floor underneath him is a pattern of two yellow triangles next to each other. And then one smaller yellow triangle off to the side. And it looks like, The Triforce, except one of the triangles, has been shrunk and separated from the others. And when I first saw this, I thought, oh, that's what they have instead of a Triforce over here. This is this place's version of Triforce. But um, you don't see this anywhere else in the game. So it's apparently not like part of the culture. Instead, I think it's um, an unusually direct... Or, like, a, a form of symbolism that is not often used in Zelda games, um, where, like, this is a diagram of Link's state. He's been diminished into this weak Deku scrub form, and he has, you know, fallen out of Hyrule into this underworld. And so that's, like, <laughs> this decoration in basically the background of the scene is a picture of the mythological state of the Triforce um in the 3ds version this does not appear on the floor there's still a spotlight but it doesn't have any weird iconography iconography that doesn't have any weird diagram on the floor so
1: they consciously removed it in a way that's interesting
0: yes and it's odd because like the the grezzo team that made um The 3D version seems to be, we'll find out as we talk more about this, that they love adding weird little details and references to parts of the game and other parts of the game, trying to just like go wild with little things like that. And yet this, I guess they thought was uh, too meta, maybe? Maybe. Hmm. Or too impressionistic. I don't know. Um, Anyway, um, yeah, Skull Kid floats away. The purple fairy floats with him. The white fairy or yellow fairy hangs behind. What color is Tattle?
1: She's whitish. Okay.
0: Um, but she's more yellow than Navi because, right? Yeah, I mean, she's a different shade from Navi, but they're both white. The The other fairy hangs back to mock you and like hit you in the head over and over again (laughs) (laughs) and um because of this when the door closes on skull kid and the other and the purple fairy she's left behind and she says whoa whoa wait for me the purple fairy i think
1: says like hey sis or something like come here Yeah, yeah we're trying to leave and
0: then she gets left behind and she blames this on you. She says, if I wasn't dealing with you, I wouldn't have gotten separated from my brother. Well, don't just sit there, Deku boy. Do something. And then you get huh? control back. Uh, yeah, I, actually, she says, please, come on. A helpless little girl is asking you. So hurry up. And, um, <laughs> you know, we're getting across a lot of information. um, Uh, establishing that Tattle and Tail are brother and sister is important. And also establishing that Tattel is a huge jerk, and yet you're stuck with her. Mm -hmm. Got to get that across. But now you have control over Deku Link, and you find out that you are slower. You cannot swing your sword because you don't have a sword. You don't have a shield. You just have a weird, like, walnut shell you can put over yourself. It's like, Uh, uh,
1: yeah... It's it's the same function as the Hylian Shield as Young Link in Operation Oh, you're Time. right! Oh my gosh! But they just reskinned it so that you like covering yourself in bark. Oh, you have that's an, yeah, and that's you,
0: have an attack, uh, you have an attack.
1: But It's a <laughs> weird attack,
0: <laughs> and like you can't charge it up, and you 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 ha- you're spinning around and like you're just w- whipping your hat at monsters um but the hat has like a thorn branch in it yeah i think that's just in the 3ds version right i yeah I, I think so but it's weird looking i think we also already talked about this on episode three which we recorded before this ah you can get uh, that out it's okay <laughs> whatever i won't tell anybody um then um but no your point about the shield being the same as how young link uses the Hylian shield is very important because as we will say again in a future episode um, like this the the anxiety of being Deku scrub link isn't just that you are weak now it's that you were for a, a moment a cool tween version of link who had the sword, right out of the gate instead of having to do a little mini dungeon to get your sword who could use a shield correctly who could do a flip in the air um you had like the metroid abilities is that an established term i forget where i got that from well
1: it's Um, it's the same thing that happens at the beginning of a lot of metroid games where exactly you have a whole bunch of stuff and then you have to lose that stuff immediately so i'm sorry back over the next 10 hours
0: So, I think I got this from the YouTube channel Boss Keys. Okay. Um, The term is abilities, like T-E-A-S-E. Oh. Where they're showing you Metroid is going to be able to do a lot of things. She has missiles. She can turn into a ball. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And you're like, oh, this is cool. And then, you know, you get hit in the head and you lose your memories. And now you're back to being weak little Metroid who can't even crawl. And so they're doing the same kind of thing here um, by turning you into this dumb little guy who resembles young Link in certain ways. Um, And we'll find out that part of that is because he's a little kid, no one takes him seriously. No one is going to take you seriously when you're stuck in the form of Deku
1: Link. Right. And we'll get there.
0: Yes. Yes. So, um, you go through the door, and, um, Tattle, like, catches up with you, because you let her through the door, but she wasn't, like, following you Navi-style yet. Um, but she says, so, um, that stuff back there, I, uh, apologize, so, take me with you. You want to know about that Skull Kid who just ran off, right? Well, I just so happened to have an idea of where he might be going. Take me with you and I'll help you out, deal? Please? Good. So then it's settled. Now then, I'll be your partner. uh, Or at least until we catch that skull kid. My name's Tattle, so uh, it's nice to meet you or whatever. Now that we've got all that straightened out, can we stop messing around and get moving? Um, If I figure something out, press C up or something, and I'll tell it to you. Hopefully, you'll manage to get by without my help until then. (laughs) So, um, after this speech, Link Deku scrub link does a take to the camera and lifts up his hands and shakes his head like why me this again you know what i mean audience laughs yes what i noticed about the 3DS version is um in nintendo 64 link's or deku link's hands are just cubes right sure they're not, they're just Uh, you know, robot hands. (laughs) Um, But for the 3DS, they've actually been modeled as like with a fist and a thumb and a, you know, glove ring around like a Mario glove. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But these hands aren't articulated. And so when he throws up his hands in resignation, his hands are still in little fists and it is not, as um, it looks kind of weird, whereas in the low res version, you can make believe in your brain that those, you know, blocky hands are thrown up, palms up um, in a proper display of the link emotion that you're trying to convey. And so um, I think I, it's just a interesting thing about animation. and. Me. Expressiveness of low-poly models versus models yes. that are
1: slightly more detailed.
0: Indeed. Anyway, um, you like go through a room. You figure out that as Deku Link, you can kind of fly, which is nice. <laughs> uh, but you can fly only in kind of a stiff, inconvenient way where you um, pop out of a flower, as long as there's a convenient flower and it you come out with these helicopter flowers um that you can like coast down to something you can kind of glide in a way that foreshadows the deku leaf in wind waker and the paraglider in breath of the wild yeah and other stuff i'm forgetting maybe this
1: is the genesis of that i guess let me think that through yeah This is the first time they do that trick that becomes a staple and then a core mechanic. By the time you get to Breath of the Wild,
0: yeah, Um, but it's like I like the
1: way it feels in this game, though.
0: Yes, it's it's neat how it feels in this game. It's definitely like intentionally not very convenient, right? I because they could have given you the version of this where you are just. A quadcopter drone. Oh, right, we talked about this. Well, we yeah. talked about this the first time we recorded this episode, Shh. but then I deleted the session file. I know, I'm So we have to say all I'm this sorry, stuff again. Sorry, that was me remembering things. So, yeah, like they, th- it would be easy enough to program this so that Deku Link can do a perfect landing wherever you want. You just aim the stick and he goes there. But because they kind of only give you one axis of control, that's not exactly how to put it, but it's complicated. Um, the like the jankiness of it is part of creating the character of Deku Link, who can fly, but not perfectly. Yeah, you
1: got to... Turning, turning in the air is hard. Yes. yes. The 3DS version also gives you a camera angle that looks straight down, which is helpful for a couple things that we'll get to eventually. And I like...
0: I never use that. I'm not even sure how you activate that. Is it's it with the L one button? of the shoulder buttons. I okay. don't remember which one. Um. Well, that's good. Keep that in mind when you're playing with this game. Um, so you use that to get through one room, and then you get into another room that's a weird underground forest thing uh, where you have to glide with your helicopter flowers over a bottomless pit from tree trunk to tree trunk um very cool very memorable location for some reason and at the end well maybe this is why it's so memorable um you see across a gap a weird corpse tree and tattle (laughs) flies over to it and says hey look at this learn z targeting okay i don't think you know it's a corpse right away no it's just a
1: weird, uh, like stump they, with
0: a the face. They, ang- I think they angle it so that you can't see the face right away, or at least that's how they should have done it. Um, you so she like teaches you the Z target. You fly over to it. You get a closer look at it, and yeah, it's like a stump with a face. Um, uh, it looks. She says it looks like you, but it is like miserable. <laughs> it seems to be in great pain. Yeah. Um, It's face is
1: very uneven and warped. Yeah.
0: Um, And (laughs) Tattle is like, oh, that's sad, but we'd better get going. Um, The game is, I think, trying to, like, the first time we recorded this, remember? We talked about, or I mentioned it was odd to put this detail right here. Because the game hasn't started yet. And this detail links up with details from the game proper. It yeah. seems it seems kind of like uh, it's breaking the perfect focus of the introductory segment to have this little extra detail here.
1: The game is answering a question that hasn't been asked yet.
0: Mm. But
1: could be the player probably doesn't have the clues yet or I mean definitely doesn't have the clues yet to ask hey who am I taking the form of as this Deku but yes that's a question you might find yourself asking as you get on in the game and start to acquire masks that are very much like the souls of other people
0: yes and um
1: that's it that's Maybe they felt that this was the only opportunity they had to do this, or maybe they were just being very clever and making it something that you would have to play the game again to see and to notice.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's part uh, partly it's constructing the mystery in a clever way, where yeah they give you like the murderer was like the first person you saw in the movie who you forgot about immediately. Um, uh, I think that's part of it that they. Give you this clue in this place where you're sure to forget about it. The other thing is, the tone of this game is very mournful, depressing, doomed, melancholic. Yes. And so they're setting this up right here because, like, we don't, we can't introduce a bunch of characters with this quality yet. But we can give you a corpse that has this quality and um, set up that this is a sad game with sad characters um, before we actually meet any characters. Yeah, right. Uh, so it's it's very good. It's It's like <laughs> I started out this discussion saying, isn't this a weird thing for them to do? But it's actually an extremely smart move. Um, and like Taddle says, we have to get going. You do have to get going, that's true. You walk through a hallway. Um, this is a vine-choked corridor. It seems to be... I, I say hallway and corridor because it's like a square profile, right? Yeah. If they wanted this to look like a cave... Then they would would have made the walls a lot more irregular, mm-hmm. and yet there are vines, uh, all over the place. Um, and as you walk down <laughs> this hall, it does the forest temple thing of it's a twisty hallway. Love that. This doesn't phase Link because he's walked in a twisty <laughs> hallway before. <laughs> this is not his first time through a twisty hallway. And like the game, um. The, your vision... Or the camera blurs. Uh, Majora's Mask loves the blur function, which I'm pretty sure they had in Ocarina of Time, but they didn't use it over and over again like Majora's Mask does. And um, you walk through the door at the end. like, And this is another place where they seem to be saying Link is transitioning from one place into another place. always I, I yeah. took
1: this as transitioning out of like the weird interstitial zone that he'd been in to like some kind of reality again.
0: Oh, so the stuff uh from falling down into the tree, you're in like the like a non real place. The like in-between. a dream kind of Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. And
1: now you're back into what constitutes a reality.
0: The way I used to read it was um I took the rotating hallway very literally and I thought <laughs> Termina is the other side of the flat earth from Hyrule. Mm. It was just like if you could foot Hyrule like a coin, Termina would be on the other side. Mm. What are you what is that noise you're making? I'm just
1: think, just thinking about the implications of that. Flat high rule theory That's interesting. But then how does all the sabrosia and lava not fall off into space?
0: Uh sabrosia is in the middle,
1: right? <laughs> I guess it would be? Mm.
0: Sorry, just get thinking about sabrosia as always. As always. So, uh you come out of this hallway and then something like really innocent happens that i think about a lot which is the door to this hallway closes behind you it's a huge metal door that locks behind you almost like now you are in a dungeon room where you have to fight someone before that door is going to open which in a way maybe you are
1: yeah instead of a dungeon boss fight it's a now you have to beat this game
0: <laughs> because it's it's basically saying um you do not get to leave Termina, but I think it's noteworthy that no one in the game says you're stuck here until you fix stuff. Right. It could have been like Skull Kid drops the block in your way, like like Magikoopa does in Paper Mario, just summons that big block that means you can't leave Goomba Town. Um, They could have made it really direct like that, but it's almost thrown away as if to say i the way i interpret it, it now is link is not going to decide to leave and this is just a physical manifestation like a symbol of him not deciding to leave not that like there he literally is stuck because of a thing a door he just that's not what happens in this game yeah
1: it doesn't need to be there. you don't need to construct a reason for him to stick around he's the hero he will stick around
0: yeah the place that you're in is amazing
1: it's a cool basement full of like dirt and giant gears
0: when they when you look up this map on like noclip they refer to this as the clock tower Which I guess is technically right, like you're inside the clock tower at this point. But I don't think that really gets across where you are at all because you are underneath the clock tower. You are underneath Clock Town in this very... uh, I'm going to use the word spooky underworld. um, Where you're kind of outside of... Termina in a way like after all those transitions you arguably aren't in Termina yet Um because time doesn't pass here yeah this I, I, I think uh it, you know it's easy to forget that although anywhere else in the game just standing around time will always keep passing you can just walk out into the clock tower into this weird little underworld space and time just stops for you and yet, this is where time comes from. Because the river that uh, passes, you know, th- out through one gated cavern and down along a little stretch and then into another gate past which you can't see where it leads. Uh, this river flowing is what turns the water wheel that turns the big axle that makes the clock, the big clock on the clock tower go, right? Yeah. And there's a sense... I mean, I might be reading this into it, but it's like, it's because of this force underground that time passes in the real world above. There are other places in Clocktown where there's water running. There's water running through the laundry pool. There's water... Running through the kitchen at the stockpot Inn, which is gross. There's water there's, in the sewers. There's water in the sewers, which we'll get to next time, I think. I forget what order we do these episodes in, but we have a lot to say about the sewers. Um, and there's water running through the general store, which is also really weird.
1: But yeah there is, huh?
0: <laughs> if you look through if you look at the outside of Clocktown, Termina Field you don't see any water running into or out of the walls of clocktown all nope. this moving water is happening under the surface and so the passage of time that this game is so obsessed with is due to a literal undercurrent of like this primordial force of running water and so anytime you do see running water it's like oh. There's like an uneasiness to the 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 big wheel keep on turning um, because of this spooky underground place. Also, there's a guy in here.
1: It's him. It's the guy from the intro. The Uh, weird
0: laugh guy.
1: As you try to head towards like you go upstairs in the exit of the clock tower. Uh, you're approached from behind by the happy mask man and he says you've met a terrible fate haven't you oh exactly iconic the line. line iconic
0: line and which would be the title of this podcast if it weren't the title of all other majora's masks podcasts you've met a terrible
1: podcast haven't you
0: <laughs> we could do um a an extra episode where we go through all the dumb ideas for <laughs> titles that we had for this podcast
1: Uh, That would only take like, that wouldn't take that long. It'd be like five minutes.
0: Maybe you know, if if people listen to all the other episodes, they can earn the right to listen (laughs) to that one five minute episode. (laughs) Um, and he said, like, okay, so he can tell by looking at you that you are cursed.
1: He has seen a curse before. He knows what he's looking
0: at. He. let me pull up the text because it might be uh i own the happy mask shop let that sink in he's from hyrule i think we talked about this we weren't as sure the first time we recorded this episode (laughs) but after having gone through a cycle and coming back we're more we understand the world better that's right Um, we have to understand like i think that we have to treat this guy, unlike all the other people in Termina who are alternate versions of their Hyrule counterparts, I think that we are encouraged to interpret this as the, the, the Hyrulean Happy Mask Salesman. And I think that the game becomes richer when we interpret it that way. Um, I travel far and wide in search of masks. During my travels, a very important mask was stolen from me by an imp in the woods. So here I am at a loss and now I found you now don't think me rude, but I have been following you for I know of a way to return you to your former self. If you can get back the precious item that was stolen from you, I will return you to normal in exchange. All that I ask is that you also get back my precious mask that the imp stole from me. What is it not a simple task? Why to someone like you, it should be by it should by no means be a difficult task. Except, the one thing is, I'm a very busy fellow, and I must leave this place in three days. How grateful I would be if you could bring it back to me before my time here is up. But yes, you'll be fine. I see you are young and have tremendous courage. Can we dig into that? Well, the courage, that's thats a direct...
1: Yes. That's, that's, that's him saying, I know the events of Ocarina of
0: Time in some way. And Which I see you are young. What a heavy line. Because in Ocarina of Time and in Majora's Mask, there's a big anxiety about age and specifically like having power from being older. Yeah. Uh, people acquiring... who are young are less than and can't do all the stuff that they want or need to do. And people will only start taking you seriously and letting you get stuff done when you get older. But the happy mask salesman says, I see you're young, so you'll be fine. Because youth is actually an asset.
1: Yeah, the acquiring maturity is a big theme in this game. Yes. And what else i very much like the setup here where you know you the player are definitely aware that this is a game with a time loop with a with a time limit but on this first loop you're given this like false not necessarily false reason but this alternate reason as to why the time loop exists and it's or eight, as to why have, the,
0: not the time loop but why the, time, the limit. time limit exists the time yet.
1: limit exists rather yeah
0: um yes i need to get out <laughs> i have a thing in three days so i need to leave before three days are up so if you could please if you have time get this back to me in three days um it's the, playful
1: it's playful in a way that you yes. know you the player you the player know but having this fake reason from the beginning is just it paints the happy mask man as this very playful
0: character that i like um and although like this isn't really direct evidence but coupled with stuff that we'll see later on it implies that the happy mask salesman is outside of the time loop i he's outside of termina and outside of the time loop and kind
1: of outside he 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 is an outside force in the situation yes He's not like a god or anything like that, but he is somebody that is like not or what's the word? I was going to say orchestrating events, but not even to that extent. You had a great metaphor the first time my, we recorded my, this. My 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 metaphor for Majora's Mask is that I think of it in terms of a circus or like a performance but specifically a circus type performance. And there are characters within the game that I can correspond to roles there, and the happy mask man is certainly the ringmaster in this metaphor where he is someone that is kind of the na- the, the, the would be narrator, would be somebody that is providing a reason for these events happening and cohering but is also extra from it and not a part of it.
0: Yes. Um, He's able to... uh... No, I can't say anything better than what you already said. Um... (laughs) Now, when you talk about the game in terms of it being a performance, um, is that including the idea of masks and performing roles?
1: I hadn't factored that in so much because i'm thinking about the game so geographically and okay. how you know we'll get to the various areas of termina that are arranged as if they're different rings
0: mm, of a circus mm-hmm.
1: where there's different performances happening within those
0: yeah yeah but yeah
1: the masks actually absolutely plays into that though because you have performers that are performing yeah it's um, it's a game about performance in a lot of ways you as like exactly. are going to perform the role of a whole bunch of different characters
0: yes yes and the skull kid is in an identity as the villain only because of the mask that he's put on 100 percent. so i think we just cracked this game wide open finally well um you tell the mask salesman that you'll get his mask back and get your precious item back so that he can fix you and uh you step through the door and it's well the next episode of the podcast starts that's right look forward to that